Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. And my patron peeps, I hope you're, you know, one of my ten- main tenants is making sure you're a comfortable tenant in your bed. Uh, courtesy of David Tennant. Uh, and this, you know what I said? I just meant it. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, uh, like anything keeping you up, changes in work schedule, routine, uh, travel, uh, new family members. Uh, old, you know, no offense, uh, you know, parent, adult parents, uh, uh, older family members. You know, any family members. Uh, uh, soundly sleeping bed bedmates. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use. Lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders. There's a first time for everything on this podcast. For the first time in this, I don't know if this is going to work, and I don't even know really why. You know when you catch yourself doing something physically, and you say, well, that's interesting, uh, Drew Scoots. What are you up to there? I have my, what is that? My So this is my right hand, and I have my right index finger, the rest of my hand is kind of closed, but my right ex- index finger is out in a kind of hook-pointing position uh, to the left uh, part of my forehead. No, the right part of my your right, right brain, your right, left brain. It is on the right side of my forehead, and it's just perched there, like kind of like I was pointing to something, or if I was touching something. But I do like I don't have anything that says mm, I want to touch that. See, like say, is that am I getting my? Uh, are my hormones going? It wasn't that. Uh, saying, oh boy, I'm prepubescent, got some acne. And it wasn't a little, uh, you know, just scratchy poo. I just I just found my finger there. Now, actually, I do, you know what a phlebotomist is, someone that can read uh, the folds. You know, anyway, I don't want to get, I'm supposed to be setting this up. And, and also my arm's getting tired. But yeah, my finger's just up there. Kind of like I was saying, hmm, I'm thinking, but, but what made me say, hmm, I'm thinking is, hey, hey, body, what are you doing? So maybe like in a, maybe somewhere in another universe I'm thinking about something. Here I'm just ta- talking without thinking. If you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Now, this podcast does not work for everyone. But here's a proposal, and you're free to accept it or, or go, go about your business, uh, Give a few tries, see if it helps, see if it puts you to sleep, see if it relaxes you, makes you more comfortable. Uh, see how it goes. You know, the, we don't, the podcast is uh, free to consume, uh, particularly for new listeners. You could come in and browse. You say, well, let me, like, uh, what do you mean I can come in this restaurant and taste the food and see what I think? I say, oh, yeah, because all of it's imaginary here. It, you know, I do have a business I'm working on, a sipping broth. So we could pretend it's that. You come in and you sit, hmm, it's sipping broth. The first to sip is free. That's not going to be our catchphrase, but that would be one of our tenants, you see. Well, how do you run things? Well, the first sip is free. 
It's a very small sip, though, and it's a regulated sip. And believe me, I'm behind the counter. And I say, whoa, 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 you've had a sorry. Comes in those uh, ketchup, uh, the paper the paper things you could put uh, just a, a dollop of ketchup in. Yeah, that's what we serve our first sip is free. Okay, sorry. Oh, new listeners. Oh, new listeners. I may have lost a few of you there. Maybe you fell asleep. Maybe you said, oh, wait, maybe this isn't for me. But if you're in the neutral zone, which is a pretty wide range of the spectrum, you might say, no, I don't understand. When I say, yeah, kick back, uh, see if this podcast can help. Uh, don't try to overthink it because, yeah, I'm not running. A, I don't know how many cylinders the average brain has. And some part of my brain just said, there's no cylinders. Then another part said, we're not cylindrical. And they said, great, some of you were paying attention in the part of the C alphabet vocabulary. Cynical, somebody, another part of my brain just yelled out cynical. Why, why, why would you do that? We were having fun with cylinder and cylindrical. And now I'm wanting to sing a song about, uh, it's like I'd, I'd sing, it's not unusual to be cylindrical. Yeah, if maybe a car could sing, maybe a car's already saying saying that, like a like a double A MCO. Maybe it's saying that song. No, okay. Well, I got to get back to the new listeners. So nice to meet you. Who 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 are you? Really, I'm talking to a part of my brain refuses to answer that question. Okay. Anyway, if you're a new listener, don't try to make too much sense of things because it's a bit of nonsense around here. And the whole idea of the nonsense type stuff in the going off top. I mean, I'm good at going off topic naturally and I'm good at nonsense actually naturally, but I believe it, you know, takes, brings some levity to bedtime and soon you'll realize, yeah, okay, I can try to follow Scoots. I can follow him, but he goes, you know, pointless meanders, uh, send my voice across the deep dark night, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Uh, go off topic, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, just give it a few tries, see if it works. Uh, structurally, what to expect. The show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free, uh, as the people that support the, the show and the sponsors. Then there's an intro. We're about seven minutes into the intro. Intros are around 12 minutes. Uh, they are not uh, like anything other than a show, a fun show within a show. Well, I say fun. Part of my brain just put quotes around it already. Uh, but it's a part of the show uh, where you can get familiar or there'll be some familiarity, some levity. Uh, there'll be some cylindrical thinking uh, for sure. You know, this is strange. I don't always observe everything that's going Some part of my brain just yelled out stupendous. But just as a word, not saying what I said was stupendous. Uh, like, you know, what is that? That's called free association, right? When I said cylindrical... Another part of my brain said stupendous. And then, okay, we don't need you chiming in with other STU words unless it's uh, sturgeon. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take over from here. I'm, I, at least I'm in charge of the consciousness today. Uh, so, oh, so the intro is kind of like a show within a show. Sometimes new people or people say, oh, it's like a bit of a... Uh, it's just a show within a show. Some people listen to it uh, to fall asleep. Some people listen to it. More and more people I'm hearing from listen to it during the day to say, whoa, uh, that was uh, like uh, had some intensity to it. Let me listen to a little scoots. 
Or, oh, I got to make that phone call later. Let me listen to some scoots. Uh, uh, so you could do that. A few people skip the intro. They go right to the story or the discussion of Doctor Who, which will be tonight. Uh, so however you do it, uh, or, you know, uh, more, a lot of people also send me pictures when they play in the intro, their cats or their, their dogs. Or, you know, I'd like to see some turtles coming. That would take, they say, scoots. Your intros are just the same length it takes my turtle to come get in bed with me. And I said, whoa, 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 hold the phone here. Uh, you're, you're, you, 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 you get in bed with the turtle. It kind of makes sense because you couldn't, like, uh, uh, you couldn't roll over on the turtle because if it would be in its shell, does the turtles always sleep in their shells? That would be another thing. And, and I'm not talking about in cartoons. I'm talking about in reality. And here's another thing. What if a turtle oversleeps and then they do they do the same thing as humans do? When they stick their head out of the shell, they say, Oi, oh, the sun, what, how, what time is it? Holy mackerel. I'm, now I'm going to be really late because it takes me forever to get it. Get, no offense, I'm not trying to make jokes at your expense, turtles. I'm just saying, uh, if you're listening and you're, you have a turtle as a bedmate, a real turtle, not a, a, a turtle-like being, well, if you have a turtle-like being, it's a bedmate. Also, get, but not someone in a turtleneck. You say, "Oh, yeah, Randy wears a turtleneck to bed." Also, get, if 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 yeah, if they do, get in touch with me about that too. And also, that'd be interesting. You see, of course, when I started to sleep in a turtleneck, I never went back. Uh, they said, "Really? Tell tell me more." I'm 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 deep in this intro, but I you know I was trying to tell the new listeners, but tell me more about wearing turtlenecks to bed. Well, which which type? No, not a mock turtleneck. First off, and I don't know why they don't call those quarter turtlenecks or half turtlenecks. I the double one where you fold it over, where you could go all you know if you wanted to, you could you know unroll it up to your nose, uh, but you get a nice little fold in there, and uh, it's just you know it's just it's just like a comforter for my neck. What can I say? See, you're brilliant. You you may have changed pajamas forever today and sleep with me. Can we get? Does anybody have the number for pajamas today? That doesn't exist. Uh, what about pajamas weekly? Uh, they, they, the internet took them. What about pajamas monthly? Okay, they were purchased uh, by Vanity Fair. Really? Hmm. That's good. That's interesting. That's pajamas monthly. What about P- PJs? PJ like like. Uh, Oh, there you go. I get back to sorry. Yeah, you're right. We good, great. Do you do you edit for one of the PJ PJ monthly? What about PJ quarterly? Oh, that that was a that's a quarterback, really. PJ quarterly. I'd like to meet. I'd like to. They should run for office. Uh, this was this podcast episode was brought to you by PJ quarterly. Uh, so anyway, uh, if you're new, so uh, structure the show. The intro goes on for a while. Then there's we'll be talking. Well, there's some business. Then we talk about a Doctor Who episode in a very meandering and indirect way, and then we have some thank yous and good nights. So it's a structure show. You're under no pressure to listen and no pressure to fall asleep. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off, to take your mind off of stuff, to be your boar friend, to be your boar bud, to be your friend in the deep dark night. You know why? Because I've been there, uh, tossing and turning. I know how it feels. And I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Or if you're having having a rough day, or you did, something to say, hey, let's think about this. Let's think about whatever random stuff just 
it just rattled off 12 minutes of randomness. And, uh, but it, seriously, those last couple ideas, I think, have some merit. PJ Quarterly, somebody think about naming, maybe you could, like, if you're entering one of your, uh, if you're entering your turtle in a competition, if you, I mean, I think that would be a good name for a turtle, especially one that you dress up as like a, a like a, like a professor at Halloween. You'd say, I'd like to meet you, meet me, me, my turtle, PJ Quarterly. You know, PJ for short, or Peach. Also, I sleep with my, I mean, I sleep in the same bed as my turtle. Uh, so I just want to get, you know, I don't know if that's a deal breaker. Oh, it is? Okay. What was it? The fact that my turtle had a first name and a last name and possibly two first names because PJ could stand for something? Or the fact, uh, you know, people's dogs sleep in their beds. Oh, See, see, I got maybe this could keep the conversation going. How does the turtle get in bed? Maybe it jumps that you'd have to. Uh, okay, get back to the listener. Sorry about that. Okay, hey, uh, so I'm here to keep you company. I'm here to push you in a good mood, ideally, or a neutral mood. You'd say, uh, yeah, Scoots, it's him. He's, I don't know what he was. He was messing around last night. I don't know. Something about a, a, a Something, some tortoise related, uh, maybe tortoise shell glass, a tortoise and tortoise shell glasses. I can't believe I thought of this at the end of the intro. That's not a good thing. You're right, PJ. Maybe a, a PJ Quarterly. Meet my new, meet my new subconscious, PJ Quarterly. Uh, I mean, if my subconscious is very turtle-like, and has a, a, can you deal with my lizard brain, please? Thank you. Okay, so anyway, I'm here to help. I'm here to keep you company. I appreciate you uh, checking this show out. Give it a few tries. And I want you to know I work very hard and I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep, all right? And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, so we're talking uh, Series 2, uh, Episode 3, Tooth and Claw. And uh, Ron... Uh, Do Donachi or something is one of the actor first actors we see who's uh I meant to look up what uh what does it say Spencer Hawking get glassy wind or g grassy wind mountains bells there's some monks hi hiking they have staves or staves or staffs uh, they kind of look like they would be chanting Oh, but Ron Donachi, Donachai, he's uh, from, you'll recognize him from Game of Thrones. Uh, someone balks, uh, and they say, hey, we want your house. And they, he says, you can't have this house. I'm the caretaker or whatever. And then we get super action movie. The monks become like orange uh, action stars. And uh, tonally, it was a little bit different than the rest of the episode, except for one or two. They're in these orange... Uh, N-I-N-J type things. They're doing super high jumps. There's action music. I mean, I guess they'll probably come in uh, later on as why. And uh, they're all doing this action against uh, the people that were caring for the manor. Uh, so, so it's like, uh, so what are they Are they taking out servants? What is going on here? Like, oh, they do parkour in the kitchen. And then they go down, they, they go do put everybody in the basement and they say, they put this canvas tarp down there. I don't know if you've gone camping and, uh, you know, had a canvas tarp or not like a, you know, any kind of tarp and then just squished it up and threw it in the trunk and then threw it in the garage in a corner. But that's exactly what's happening here. 
and they say, good luck with that. Uh, the tarp has not been, we're leaving you down here till the tarp is clean. And uh, they said, we went camping about 45 years ago. And they say, see you. And everyone who works there is like, what? I think also because they say, well, it won't be that hard to clean it. But then the episode opens, obviously, with a twist. Who knows? And uh, then we see the TARDIS uh, dump a uh, damp uh, something. It's uh, late 1970s. The doctor says, uh, bin bag. Uh, overalls, uh, bin bag versus, let me look at some of this, uh, uh, but Rose has overalls on, oh, he says bin bag, I think that, oh, he's talking about her outfit, uh, for the 70s, uh, then he starts rocking some Ian Dury and the, Dury and Blockheads, and number one, 1979, Dr. Spunkin' Out, uh, Rose can't believe it. He's like, she's like, oh, you're a punk with a little rockabilly. And the guy's like, well, we're taking the catch. We took the TARDIS to go see the concert. Uh, you know, this is why we use it. Uh, the Battle of Trafalgar, uh, Anti-Gravity Olympics, uh, Caesar and the Rubicon, and uh, Ian Dury at top rank, uh, Sheffield, England, uh, 1979, November 21st. And uh, then they start to, uh, the movie, the movie music's rocking. The doctor's like banging a bell or something, a TARDIS bell. But they have a rough landing as they head towards Sheffield. Uh, the doctor goes, I love the 70s, man. Muppet movies, good. Thatcher, eh. Skylab, uh, mixed. Uh, uh, but then they get off the TARDIS and they say, holy redcoats or whatever. They say it's 1879. I guess that was 17. Never mind, but... Uh, uh, they're in, they say, what's up, Scotland? Uh, there's something about them looking dazed and confused. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, there are people in red coats. Uh, and they say, why is this girl not clothed properly? And I said, I, I didn't really, that's like a little bit of an ongoing joke. Uh, and they had a Scottish accent. That's how the doctor figures it out. Uh he goes, oh, I'm, I've been chasing her around because she's in these overalls. Uh, ooh, and Rose starts doing a bad Scottish accent. Oot in a boots. Uh, almost as bad as mine. Hootsman. Hootsman. And uh, he says, don't do a Scottish accent. Then he shows his psychic paper. He goes, I got credentials. I'm some doctor uh, from Edinburgh. Uh, but the approach, uh, he says, approach slowly with all due deference uh, to the... Um, the coach, the carriage, and they open the door, uh, and it's the queen, Queen Victoria, her majesty, and she goes, credentials, and she goes, oh, you're my lord provost, I guess. Uh, Oh, they say, Queen Victoria, Empress of India, defender of the faith, and Rose goes, sorry about the outfit. She goes, yeah, I got got five daughters, uh, and she uh, she looks at the psychic paper. She the, the, the yeah we're trying to get to uh, Aberdeen or something. And the doctor goes, how come you're not on the train? They go, oh like uh, your line was down. Uh, and he goes, an accident. And she goes, uh, she goes, no, probably something planned. But she says, you know, I'm a total total. T-. She goes, I'm totally tough. Uh, good morning, drive one, Balmoral. 1879, six, you know, six people tried to take me out as queen. What a laugh. Uh, Rose wants her to get to say, we are not amused, which I think must be from a show. I didn't have time to look it up. Uh, 
Uh, we see the big house they're going to it has a big telescope. Uh, can't do it. The monks are there undercover. They're pretending they work there. There's also a big cross out front. Uh, charming if rosy. Charming if rustic. Oh, that's what the queen says. This place is charming if not rustic. Uh, so, and then I think she makes a bet with a doctor at some point that she can get the queen to say, we're, we're, I'm not amused or we're not amused. And also it's called the Torchwood Estate. So holy, uh, backstory, property of the crown. They say, lock it up, uh, shush, shush. And we see a telescope again. The uh, doctor says something, I like him, but it's a bit rubbish. Um, I don't know what that, maybe about this guy's dad, uh. Uh, too many, oh, you guys, oh, because the telescope, he says, there's too many prisms, the doctor says, it's totally weird. Uh, it doesn't make any sense why you have that many prisms on a, uh, a telescope. Uh, pretty infinite word of God. Uh, Queen calls the doctor a polymath, uh, or some, maybe the guy's dad, the original Torchwood. Johnny Torchwood, also he was in the Fabulous Five or something. Uh, stars and magic he was into. And then they talk about how Prince Albert hung with this Torchwood dude, you know, back in 1875 or something, I don't know, and how Albert and him loved to talk folklore, magic. Uh, they also loved puppies and camping tarp, tarpaulins, I think they called them then. And they say, hey, by the way, you got any clothes for Rose Tyler, Miss Tyler, they call her, because she's a... Uh, She's dressed like she's going to a hoedown, and those haven't been invented. Uh, maybe they have, but just in the American West. And uh, they say dinner's at 7. She's still trying to get the queen to say, I'm not amused. Uh, and they say, great news. There's going to be outdoor camping. There's a full moon tonight. Uh, only can't, you know, only thing is most of our tarps are, you know, spoiled. Uh, sunsets, uh, roses and armoire. Oh, we see a beautiful, when the sun sets against these mountains in Scotland. Uh, then we see Rose in an armoire. She's looking at outfits. There's big music playing with, uh, oh, we also see there's like the, the, the monks or butlers. There's like, I see, I've never been in a house with this many butlers. Actually, I don't think I've ever been anywhere with a butler, but, you know, even in my imagination, also, butlers are making dinner because everybody else is trying to clean that camping tarp. They say drinks for everybody, all the uh, all the redcoats, too. Uh, then Rose meets a friend in the armoire who says, you know, they got us cleaning these camp tarps, but they, you can't clean them. It's uh, some sort of strange thing. And then all the guards will fall asleep, and the doctor, Rose says, I don't know, the doctor will know what to do. He knows that if we're going to camp outside, we have to have tarps. You know, they say you could just sleep with your tent on the ground, but everyone knows it's not true. Plus, you know, that millimeter really makes it more comfortable. Uh, Flora, I don't know, I have that. Oh, that was Rose's new friend's name. Rose finds a sleeping guard. She says, well, you're just going to sleep inside. I thought we were camping outside. Uh, they get busted by a monk who's, you know, undercover butler. That could be another, instead of undercover boss, what about undercover butler? Where uh, butlers go undercover. That could. How about that? Uh, that could be like the next movie, the TV show I'm in, Undercover Butler. That could be a serious idea down the road. 
Undercover butler. Somebody remind me of that, actually. At dinner by candlelight, uh, Ro- uh, not Rose isn't there. She's cleaning tarps now. Uh, but the doctor, the head of, uh, the son of uh, Torchwood, uh, Jimmy Torchwood's his name. Yeah, they're having dinner by candlelight. They're talking about this crystal. Or no, maybe they're drinking out of crystal. And the doctor says, tell me about your dad. Tell me about these sh- stories. Uh, he goes, well, I miss my dad. He was the, he was the torch. Uh, that's what they called him. He wasn't actually, uh, he didn't have any superpowers that we know about. And he loved camping. Uh, crystal on the table, taro glasses. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, two glasses at each uh, place setting. Queen's a little bit sad. You know, she misses Prince Albert's. Especially when they tell stories. Uh, serious dangling. What does that mean? Oh, serious dangling black earrings. If I would have finished the sentence, uh, the queen's wearing them. She says, tell us, everyone downstairs. Uh, uh, oh, we see that the uh, butlers now have dark eyes. Uh, full moons or full moans. Uh, and how, Oh, yeah. There's a puppy barking, too. And they say, once in a generation, you're going to camp outside on unclean tarps, the tarps that wouldn't be cleaned. Rose goes and she says, we've got to get outside and camp, but we can't clean these tarps, and they're never going to dry. Uh, and then she says, you know what? I've spent enough time in the TARDIS. These tarps aren't from Earth. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, these are intergalactic tarps, and they're no good. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, there's also a bunch of puppies. Uh, somebody I saw recognized from him. Oh, uh, the doctor. I recognized him from Harry Potter. Uh, then dinner. Uh, and the butler's like whispering to the moonlight. And the doc- that catches the doctor's attention, of course. Uh, he says, what are you doing? And then he said, the doctor says, uh, what's going on here? And he says, oh, there's puppies out there that went to the bathroom on the tarps. Uh, that's what they're barking about, and that's he goes. The doctor goes, no, something else. Uh, wink, whoopee, whispers, and uh, they say, I don't know. The, the they say, don't look, uh, pull, and that means you, your ladyship. Uh, oh, that's when Rose is trying to pull. She says, also these tarps are incredibly heavy. Let's pull it out and shake it out. Uh, and she's trying to get everybody to shake the tarp out, to, you know, get it flat on the ground because they were trying to clean it crumpled up. Who does that? Uh, then at dinner, it's total chaos. Uh, and they say, what do you want with the tarping and the camping and the And they say, the throne, yo. Uh, Rose gets one of the tarps spread out. Uh, and then doctor, she runs into doctor. She says, let's get out of here and figure out what's in. She says, where the heck have you been? Then they see these puppies, which clearly are like space puppies that pee on things with space powers. Uh, And the doctor's transfixed. The puppies are going arfity-arf. So they lock the doors. They say, go to the bathroom on these expensive rugs or something. The queen's very calm. She says, I'm prepared. Uh, And then somebody says something to her. She goes, the direct form of address is your majesty. Uh, then the doctor, Rose, and the crew, like the queen and uh, the dude, uh, Jimmy Torchwood, they're working on a plan. The puppies are everywhere. 
The doctor's kind of still transfixed. Then there's a bunch of action scenes. Action on top of action on top of action. And then we see the monks again. They're in their orange outfits. Uh, and the doctor's like, he tries to warn somebody about uh, the peeing puppies and the tarps. He says, you can't camp on those tarps. Uh, they're covered in space puppy pee. Uh, puppy looks for something. Not then. The queen grabs her. A box, because so she, she had this box, uh, what I thought was like the crown jewels that she locked up. And uh, they said, what is happening? And then the queen lies. I don't know what that was about. Uh, uh, then they're surrounded by uh, the monks uh, who want them to camp outside on the tarps. Uh, the queen's in denial about the puppies. Uh, uh, then the doctor says, let's go jogging around the uh, estate. Uh, so they're jogging around the estate. There's chanting music. Uh, uh, then there's a chest. Uh, I have it. Uh, oh, then this is the dude, uh, Jimmy Torshwood, says, I'll buy you some time. Or somebody says that. And then Rose is transfixed. Then they go in a room with a suit of armor, and they're trying to come up with a plan. Ends up at the library, uh, which I just saw the second Jurassic World. This scene really reminded me of it. Uh, and uh, said, what is with the waiting here? Why are we, what are we waiting for? Even the doctor doesn't know. Uh, and then him and Rose hug to break the tension. Uh, Jimmy Torchwood apologizes. Bald, at the actic, uh, bald athletic. Uh, Rose is still c- clowning around. The queen is not happy. This is not my world, she says. Uh, then the doctor starts to put things together. He says, there's some mistletoe. He goes, there's mistletoe oil in the wood. There's mistletoe. He goes, there's something with this mistletoe. Uh, it's got some power. Uh, or maybe it's how they train the puppies, only to pee on mistletoe. And he goes, yeah, not. And he goes, no, 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 not to pee on mistletoe. He goes, the puppies uh, go away from mistletoe to go potty. And the dieter says, your father had all the brains. And he goes, we're in a library, books, uh, the greatest uh, puppy training tools in the world. And he puts his reading glasses on, which I thought was cool. Uh, Then they're all calling Queen Mum. I had to look at a mum or mom. Technicality? What is that word there? Uh, Let's see what it says. The queen, because the queen grills the doctor here. Let's see, what are the descriptions? My father didn't treat it as a story. Uh, explain yourself. Uh, let's see, run around. Uh, also, the uh, the wife of Jimmy Torchwood is like, uh, well, she's she's thinking fast with the uh, mistletoe. Oh, yeah, so the doctor finds a woodcutting book about mistletoe. And they say, wait a second, here's the story that these puppies and the tarps came in on a comet, comet together. Uh, let's see, doctor, carvings in wood, uh, chopping, oh, there's the chopping in the middle, mistletoe. Yeah, they're doing research. Everyone's talking at once until the doctor finds the wood cutting of, like a picture in a book, wood cutting of uh, mis- uh, uh, these puppies from space. Also, see, it's very uh, steampunky. And then the queen has this big diamond, uh, which I think probably came up earlier. 
Oh, no, she says, hey, keep an eye on this diamond for me. If, if I'm going to have to go out and camp with puppies, I don't want to get puppy stuff on this diamond. Uh, the coal I, coal, coal I know her. I don't know. I didn't have a chance to look this up. I forgot how to see. Uh, and she goes, uh, this thing's not good luck. And doctor goes, tell me you take a look at it. And they say it's worth the wages of the entire planet for a whole week. Uh, and Rose is like, can you imagine my mom? She'd take this thing and run. And they say, the doctor goes, why do you carry it? And she goes, well, I'm taking it to the royal uh, jewelers at Hazelhead to get recut. Uh, Rose goes, it's perfect. And she goes, well, Prince Albert was always trying to shape it. He re- the doctor says, he reduced it by 40%. And she goes, yeah, he never thought the shine was right. Uh, it was still unfinished. And the doctor goes, wait a second, unfinished. He goes, unfinished business, uh, like a business in this house. And he goes, you, he goes, Prince Albert and uh, Jimmy Torch, Johnny Torchwood, uh, were working on a plan. He, this is the perfect diamond for the perfect moment. Uh, he goes, this whole thing was to catch the puppies in the tarps and uh, teach the puppies where to go potty. And to purify, he goes, this is to purify the tarps so you can camp outside. And the queen's mind is blown. Then all of a sudden the puppies get in the room and everyone's like, wait, 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 if you're not covered in mistletoe, you're going to get beat on. Uh, then they, the wife of uh, J- Jimmy Torchwood, Johnny Torchwood, Jimmy Torchwood, I don't know, she throws mistletoe so they can jump over it like mistletoe water. And then they're running to the room with uh, the observatory. Uh, trying to get up there. Uh, why travel? Not separate at all. The doctor goes, oh, yes. Uh, the shine wasn't what? Uh, not separate at all. This is all part of a plan. Uh, I need time. Uh, the diamond. And he started, the doctor says, Rose, help me crank this telescope. She goes, what are you, stargazing? He goes, no, no, no. This isn't a telescope. Uh, he goes, it's a moon magnifier. You gotta lock this thing on the moon so it cleans the tarps uh, with moon power. So they do that. They they, they, get, go, they go right into moon mode, moon cleaning mode. Yeah, the puppies they start to sense. Uh, it also like makes them just sit down. Yeah, because I guess they can't smell the like puppy stuff on the um, tarps. Uh, yeah, they very oh, there's even a school uh, like uh, iron uh, moon shape on the uh, the thing. Very cool. Uh, they catch their breath for a minute. The queen gets kissed by and licked by puppies, which she doesn't like, of course, because she's a queen. You know, so they haven't properly vet, you know been vetted. There's a cool shot of the valley. Uh, Rose's shirt. Let's see. Then they yeah, let's see. This is like after. So the everything's solved basically. Because they use the telescope to to purely, I think I already said it, it like shoots moon stuff. Uh, instant cleaning. You know, you just need a hundred carat uh, royal diamond to do that. Uh, yeah. Then oh, so then they see the rose is like uh, knighting the doctor, or the queen is knighting the doctor and rose, uh, Sir Doctor of Tardis, uh, and Dame Rose of the Powell Estates. And Doctor says, many thanks, Mom. And uh, Rose says, thanks. No one's going to believe this. Uh, 
And the doctor goes, you know, your husband made you pulled this off. Uh, uh, and she goes, yeah, she goes, but I'm not amused, which Rose is happy. She goes, and, you know, and now you're banished, uh, doctor, uh, exiled from this empire, never returned. I don't know what you are, either one of you, but uh, you can sort with stars and magic and think it's fun. Uh, but it's not, it's a reverse of that. And she goes, I won't allow it on these shores. And uh, I hope you reflect on uh, how far you strayed. And she goes, leave my world and don't come back. Uh, doctor also says, like, uh, what? I'm sorry. Uh, but in the chance of, like, I don't, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry? Like, what are you saying? You're kicking us out? Uh, you just made me a knight. Or whatever, OBE. Uh, WTF, uh, the way the roads, and the doctor and Rose are walking and talking uh, through the hills after they get off a cart. Uh, it could be Blarney, because uh, oh, they say, what if those puppy kisses made the uh, queen uh, not let any kid, you know, any descendants have puppies? And then they, Rose makes a joke about Princess Anne. And they go, yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to have uh, puppies. And they say, well, maybe. And they have lots of laughs about that for some reason. Uh, then it cuts back to the manor. And the, because uh, Jimmy, Jim, one of the, the other Torchwood, like, uh, uh, he had uh, he had to go to the moon, actually, to help reflect it. So he's not, you know, he's staying on the moon in the sky. And so his wife says, I'm going to sell this place uh and I don't want to stay here, you know, or pull it down. And the queen goes, let's keep this on the lowdown. Uh, your husband and the ingenuity of his father will live on. And she goes, I realize, you know, Great Britain, you know, there's going to be a show called The X-Files, and we need our own X-Files here, and we're going to call it Torchwood, the Torchwood Institute. And if the doctor should return... Uh, Torchwood will be waiting. Basically, I won't forget this. Uh, to stop the doctor, I guess. And that's how the episode comes to a close. Uh, let's start with some vocabulary words. A polymath, uh, according to Wikipedia. Having learned much, a universal person whose expertise spans a significant number of uh, subject areas. Uh, known to draw on complex bodies of knowledge just to solve specific problems. Uh, da Vinci would be, or Galileo are two examples, uh, uh, especially in the Renaissance and uh, uh, the Enlightenment. Uh, Batista is another one, or maybe that's someone who was uh, talking about it. Uh, so, you know, also there's another word for it, know-it-all, that, that's uh, famous, and I'm just kidding. A splainer, a polysplainer. What about timorous? Uh, uh, which, uh, t- timorous, uh, T-I-M something, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, somebody with uh, that's uh, uh, worried uh uh, running around, uh, timid, a.k.a. James Joyce used it in Ulysses. Uh, George Orwell used it in Burmese days. And this is all according to Wiki, 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 Nick, you know, Wikipedia's dictionary, basically. 
what is a Lord Provost? I had to look that up. I mean, I figured it was some sort of protector. It's a Lord Lieutenant of one of the principal cities of Scotland, kind of like a mayor. Only Aberdeen, Dundee, Edinburgh, and Glasgow have a Lord have a Lord Provost. Uh, Perth also uh, calls its civil leader, civil leader Lord Provost. Uh, it could be a it's a higher status than Lord Mayor. Yeah, but I, like, uh, so maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe that other dude was the Lord Provost. Yeah, doctor just put on his glasses again on the replay. Uh, Balmoral Castle. I would like to check this out. It's a large estate house in uh, the Aberdeenshire of Scotland. Uh, it's a residence for the members of the British royal family, one of them. Uh, when it was purchased by Prince Albert in 1852, uh, well, let's see, it remains a proper a private property of the royal family and not of the crown estate. Uh, is soon after it was uh, the, the hall. Oh, when they first bought it, they said the house is too small. It's built a castle. So William Smith of Aberdeen did the the, the architecture. Uh, though Prince Albert amended the designs. Prince Albert sounds like a polymath. Uh, it's a Scottish baronial architecture. Uh, it's a Category A listed building. I wonder if you can go on tours. Maybe it's actually in use. Uh, you know, they, they hung there. Uh, King Robert uh, had, a, oh, this is the history of the area. In a, a visit in uh, 1842, uh, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, uh, uh, they said, uh, you know, just let's buy this place. And, you know, we'll come out here in the country and kick it. You know, look up the telescope, and then one day it'll be like the X-Files. Uh, it's built from granite quarried at the Invengelder on the estate. It, uh, it consists of two main blocks, each arranged around a courtyard. Uh, southwestern block has the main rooms and northwestern, north, northeastern service wings. It's got an 80-foot clock tower topped with turrets uh, uh, with a balustrade uh, similar to Castle, Castle Fraser. Yeah, so, yeah, it sounds like, oh, it looks very, it really does look beautiful. Uh, in Victoria, after Albert, you know, went to the big farm, she hung there, uh, staying as long as four months uh, during the summer and autumn. So uh, it's pretty cool to know. But visit it, you know, if you can. Or hey, hey, uh, give me an invite. Now I don't know if anybody remembers this, but at some point, this uh, monk chanting, listening to monk monks chant, uh, and sometimes with music, became a big thing in the '90s. And it, now it's, it's still kind of like uh, it was a fad instead of something like, hey, if you listen to monks chant, it's great. Uh, particularly Gregorian chants, and the album that kind of broke big was called uh, uh, Chant. Uh, it was an album of Gregorian chant by the Benedictine monks, uh, monks of uh, uh, Santo Domingo de, de Silos in Spain. Uh, it was recorded perhaps as early as the 70s, uh, but it was re-released in 94 by Angel Records or something, and it was strongly marked, you know, Marketed as an antidote to, I'm going to listen to this tonight as for stress. It's the best selling album of Gregorian Chant ever released. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, 
when it says number three, double platinum, two million copies in the U.S., worldwide six million. Now, here's the thing. They've been doing this since the 11th century, these uh, uh, monks of Santo Domingo de Silos. Uh, they did take a break in the 1830s uh, when, uh, you know, there were such you know, disagreements. Uh, uh, they, uh, this style of singing has influenced, uh, uh, let's see, I'm getting a little confused here. Oh, they even had chant, uh, chant Noel and uh, chant two and then chant three. You know, I got to look this up on Spotify while, I got, while we're here, you know. Yeah, you know what? I don't see it there, so I might have to look up where you can get it. Uh, but yeah, that was the thing back in the 90s. We were, we were wild back then. We really Speaking of, uh, what about Ian Dury and the Blockheads? Uh, the doctor is a big fan. Uh, Ian Dury, which I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, uh, it was an English uh, singer-songwriter, rose of fame in the 70s uh, during punk and uh, New Wave, uh, and uh, he was born in uh, Middlesex, uh, uh, and then grew up in, uh, or pretended he was from Essex. Uh, his father was a bus driver and a boxer. His mother was a health visitor and uh, daughter of a Cornish doctor. Uh, he trained with Roll- Rolls Royce to be a chauffeur. And uh, it was absence, let's see, his father chauffeured for a millionaire. Oh, maybe that was his dad was a chauffeur. Uh, let's see, he was a kid, you know, this is, then he was in Kilburn and the High Roads, uh, a reference to the road in northwest London, and uh, he formed this band in 71. Uh, Dury was a vocalist and lyricist, Russell Hardy, and some other students were in the band. Uh, then he was in the Blockheads uh, uh, under the management of Andrew King and Peter Jenner, Jenner the managers of Pink Floyd. And uh, they were one of the top acts of a new wave. Uh, they like lyrical po- poetry, wordplay. May have to listen to some of this. Uh, it drew diverse musical influences, including jazz, rock and roll, funk, reggae, and music hall. And uh, let's see, guitarist Chaz Jankel. Uh, they, they took uh, Jankel took Dury's Dury's lyrics. Uh, uh, yeah, and they, they formed a band. Uh, they even got banned, you know, even some of their music got banned by the BBC. Uh, let's see. You know, they split up, you know, obviously split up and got back together because they're a punk new wave band all the way back, all the way into the 90s. Uh, and then they broke up again in 92. Uh, then played in uh, Europe uh, and uh, Ireland in the late, mid-90s. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, stuff, stuff happened, you know, it's not a, uh, let's see. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it sounds like something you should definitely check out. Uh, now what about top rank? Cause that's where they were supposed to go was a uh, top rank. Uh, and so I said, is that a real place too? Like top rank in Sheffield. And according to sheffieldhistory.co.uk, 
uh, if it loads here, it's uh, taking a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll see. Will the history load or will it, will it load the history of uh, Sheffield? It will. This is a forums. Uh, I see a picture of uh, top rank uh, Sheffield City Center, uh, the top rank. Uh, so Buzzcocks played there uh, Sunday, October 21st, uh, two pounds. 250 at the door, Joy Division. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, Buzzcocks plus Joy Division. Uh, who else? Uh, Simple Minds, uh, the police. Uh, these are people saying which shows they went to there. Uh, the Clash, uh, Ian Dury, The Jam, uh, Joe Cocker, uh, Book, uh, let's see, uh, Horse Slips. Uh, magazine, uh, Sushi and the Banshees. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, a lot of uh, the darned. <laughs> Bow wow wow. Uh, the fall. Uh, let's see what else we got. Simple Minds, uh, someone said already. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have in here. Buzzcocks we saw. Yeah, police, uh, cramps, uh, sting. Maybe it's just reference to the police show, though. So, yeah, it sounds like a cool place uh, they, people got to check out. Oh, here's some other ones. Uh, oh, Human League, Bauhaus, Bauhaus, uh, I can't say that either. Um, uh, Ramones, Undertones, uh, Devo. Yeah, so everything... Uh, yeah, all these, uh, let's see if there's any other ads here. Pretty long, uh, so it's just a Sheffield, history, uh, or that is Sheffield history, um, what do you call this? Forums. Uh, what about the Muppet movie? I haven't seen, I don't know, I know I've seen the Muppet movie, it's been a while. I mean, the original, it was a 1979 musical road comedy film, uh, first theatrical film starring the Muppets, uh, Directed by James Frawley and produced by Jim Henson. Uh, screenplay was conceived by Muppet Show writers uh, Jerry Jewell and Jack Burns. It was a co-venture of American and British uh, Henson Associates and ITC Entertainment. In uh, the second half of the Muppet Show, the third season depicts... Uh, oh, it was a bridge between the first half and the second half uh, where he sets out to go to Hollywood. Uh, Kermit does... Uh, Encounters uh, several of the Muppets who all share the same ambition of finding success in show business uh, while dealing with a restaurateur who wants uh, Kermit to be a spokesperson. It had uh, Steve Martin, Mel Brooks, uh, James Coburn, Dom DeLuise, uh, Austin Pendleton, Charles Durning, Edgar Bergen. Uh, it was surreal humor, meta-references, and cameos. Uh, and it won uh, two Academy Awards uh, nominations for the musical score and the song Rainbow Connection. And in 2009, it was a team deemed uh, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant uh, and selected for, for, for preservation in the National Film Registry. Uh, so, I mean, I see, I'll have to see this one. Uh, it sounds a bit like uh, Blues Brothers, you know. Uh, I have to check it out and watch it with my daughter and 
Yeah, see, so it's, it sounds like a fun little film. Uh, and yeah, that's the Muppet. Sh- what was it? The Muppet movie. We'll see how long it is and stuff. Uh, 97 minutes, uh, 95 minutes U.S. version. Its budget was $8 million. It brought in $76 million. So very successful. Uh, what about Skylab? That was something I read about as a kid. I never even believed it. Uh, it was a United States space station uh, launched and operated by NASA for 24 weeks between 73 and 74. In 79, it came back to Earth, uh, which I guess has two, 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 it's barely like, uh, uh, which uh, got worldwide media attention. It had a workshop, a solar observatory, uh, and, uh, you know, people lived, actually, I, I mean, I remember reading about it, and I said, what a ripoff. And, you know, I didn't get to be around when uh, it got lifted by a Saturn V rocket in a low Earth orbit, uh, and the three missions delivered three astronaut crews there. Uh, final two missions. Uh, they even had. A, I, I'm thinking there's even movies about this. Uh, but then it it, uh, it got ran into a bump, and they said, uh, "Hey, can we fix this? It needed shades, uh, jammed solar panels. It had a telescope mount, a spectral solar observatory." Air, you know, I mean, this thing seems super advanced. This is when you're like, what are we doing now? Uh, you know, uh, the record time for a human in orbit was uh, extended beyond the 23 days set by a Soyuz crew, uh, by the Skylab 4 crew. Uh, so yeah, this is just a cool thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's, it's all on uh, Wikipedia. You can check it out. Uh, one last thing I want to find out about this was calling the Queen Mom and Mom. This is at forum.wordreference.com. Uh, somebody says, I watched the movie The Queen, and did uh, they call Just say Queen Mom or Ma'am. Mother or Madam. What's it short for? I believe it's Ma'am from Madam. Uh... You're supposed to address her as Her Majesty. For the rest of the conversation, ma'am is standard. Is there a line on the, in the movie about the pronunciation? Something like ma'am rhymes with ham, not ma'am rhyme, mara, mom, fom. Uh, I watched a documentary where they said it was ma'am with ham. Uh, I find it strange, though. In my family, ma'am is used for mother. Uh, now I'll try to register it. Uh, never say mom, mom, farm, mom. I don't know. So I guess that didn't answer any questions for me. This is from telegraph.co.uk. And this is called How to Keep Up with the Windsors uh, from 2011. Back in the day, uh, Christopher Middleton wrote this article, uh, uh, a lot of emotions up, a uh, revelation that the soon-to-be groom, uh, this, uh, Mike Tyndall, is uh, uh, only ever to redress the Princess Royal, his fiancée's mother, is ma'am. On one hand, mother-in-laws all over the country will be secretly wishing that they too might receive a similar deference uh, for new arrivals in the family. On the other hand, they'll be wondering how they would feel if they had to address the mother of their son or daughters, 
spouse by her title rather than her name. Uh, the words, who do they think she is royally, might not be far from their lips. Uh, uh, let's see. At the same time, Mamgate uh, disclosures will set the rest of the country's contemplating. Once again, what's it like to marry into a family where the P's and Q's have to be watched around the clock uh, and the house? It has to be a rough one, uh, said the author of The King, The Ring, and The Crown, Sarah Gristwood. Uh, for example, when the queen, queen mother uh, was uh, marrying the, all the family, I mean, this is, we went through it again recently. Previous centuries, it wasn't a problem because the spouses were usually also royal uh, from other countries. Uh, uh, but since the royals have started marrying within this country, that no longer applies. It's not just a wedding itself. No one expected the Middletons uh, to book Westminster Abbey. Uh, hire a few hundred horse guards and close down the center of London uh, at Christmas. Is it going to be one year at Sandringham and the next to Hugger Mugger at the Middleton's place? Uh, imagine not. Uh, just as the parents of Sparta had to give up their sons, uh, so to Caroline and Michael Middleton, they've handed their daughter to royalty. Uh, not that they will be not that the, not that they will have been informed about this officially. Uh, practically all outsiders who have married into the royal family, uh, Diana Spencer, Sarah Ferguson, have all ended up floundering in Windsor soup, uh, uh, complaining on no formal instructions on royal procedure. Uh, this might be an ongoing thing. Uh, I was thinking, I was hoping I'd ha have some tips in here. Uh, but in short, this seems to be the golden rule when joining a royal family. If in doubt, uh, do nothing. Yeah, and I hope you're uh, royally uh, tucked in there. Uh, let me tuck you in a little bit more, and uh, good night.